Good to start out with a video, huh? 
Is that inspiring to anyone? So what'd you see? What'd you see, Kyra? Yeah, it just kept going on and on, didn't it? I love getting answers from kids. <laughs> Thank you, Kyra. Good job. What we would call that would be modeling. <clears throat> Over the past several weeks, um, we've been going through a series here called The Individual in the Church, and we've been talking about how, you know, it doesn't just take the church and programs to go out and be Jesus into the community, that it takes us being Jesus, the individual can be Jesus in our communities. And so, you know, when I saw this video, shared it with Jeff, and, you know, we thought it just kind of fit a little bit this morning with, with our talk. And, um, you know, we never know when something that we're doing can impact somebody else. Um, you know, the cameraman just happened to be in the right place at the right time to catch all the glances on this video because um, on my, you know, route this morning, I didn't get to see all those wonderful things happening. I don't know about your trip to church this morning, but I don't think it looked like that video, did it? No. <laughs> there might have been some screaming and fussing with children or maybe an argument on the way. Maybe your ride was peaceful if you were alone, unless you chose to argue with yourself over something. I don't know. But um, we, all know, we never know who's, who's watching. And we're all modeling at some point, aren't we? But I think what this video shows is that at any time, we can do something that can affect change. And though this video was about loving our neighbor and showing an act of kindness, you know, God calls us to, to more than just act, random acts of kindness um, to reach people. There is more that we can do to impact our world. So, yeah, I, and I'm... As I reflect on the, the video this morning as we get started, a little feedback, a little feedback. Was it me? Uh, no, it's me. Okay. Probably just, it's probably a little hot. Uh, anyways, uh, I think about the video, and then what I, what I see is, you know, all of these things that are going on and, and that we don't really recognize that, that we, we affect so much. Like, people will see... Mm -hmm. and uh, what we do in our actions. And before this, well, actually, after this video, this shows all the good stuff, all the really good stuff that, that you like to think <laughs> that that's what, we, that's what we're like every day. Uh, but Kim showed me another video, and, and it was all the bad stuff <laughs> that we model for our kids, for our children. And, and, and she wanted to show it, and I said, there's no way we could show that. No, church. there's no way we could show that one. There's no way. But you know, it's a reality. It's a reality uh, when you make a gesture to somebody who cut you off in traffic and your kid's sitting in the back seat and they're, they're doing the same thing you're doing. And, and, and so there's, there's two sides. It's not all, <laughs> you know, beautiful, wonderful. And, and probably the reality 
is the other video probably would hit home more <laughs> than this one does to most of us sitting in this room. Um, and, and that really is what kind of caught my uh, attention about it is we, we do good things and we do not so good things, but those are things that are, we are imparting to people who, who see us, whether it's children or whether it's the community we live in. Um, you know, we affect that, whether we know it or not. Yeah, and I, you know, part of the reason why we wouldn't show the other video is because we don't have to be reminded of all the things that we do wrong, do we? You know, I think we're pretty well aware, <laughs> right? I think we, we sometimes have a, a fairly good gauge, and we usually have somebody in our life who um, helps us to gauge that as well. Um, sometimes we do know when we, we've done wrong, and we don't, um, you know, we don't, we don't want to harp on that this morning. That's not what this morning's talk is about. But, um, you know, just thinking about, you know, what would, what would we want to bring this morning? Um, you know, I was thinking that, you know, we have such a responsibility to model for those around us. And since I uh, teach in children's ministry and I spend a lot of time um, with children here at the Vineyard, um, you know, I just, I have just this sense that it's so important to model for our kids. And so you would probably think that this message would be simply pointed at parents and that everybody else could check out. But my disclaimer this morning is that this is not just aimed at parents, that this is aimed at everybody. Because whether we know it or not, there's not just, just the little people in your life that are looking to see what you're doing, whether you have a child that you call your child, um, there are children that look up to you. There are children that are around you that you may be or have the opportunity to speak into their life someday. And what an opportunity that would be. And so, so what we've been talking about here in the vineyard about being a disciple of Jesus and how that plays into investing in others, especially those that are younger, that it, it is so important. So it's not just about your walk, but it's about the walk that you're modeling for others. And so parents, if that applies to you, then that's for our parents. If that's for grandparents, then it's, it'll be for grandparents. If it's grandparents raising your, your grandchildren, then that's for you. It's for aunts and uncles. If it's for those who don't have children yet, and you're in a church community, you know, there's children around you. <laughs> they're, they're, they will, you know, they will notice you. They will see you. And, you know, at some point you will run into one of them and they will say hi to you and you will have to respond to them. Because, <laughs> you know, they're curious little beings. And, um, it, and it actually, you know, um, just to kind of <laughs> tag off of that, if you've been here long enough and if you're new, maybe you don't know this, and it's something that you need to know about uh, us as a, a community here, uh, what God is, is doing and what he's called us to do in the church um, at, at the vineyard here in Lake Jackson. We, we do a baby dedication Probably a couple times a year, huh? Mm-hmm. And when there's and babies, in that, if you've ever been here, what you hear um, is that we we call the church, and we ask the church 
to partner with the parents and to partner with children's ministry and other people to be in the lives of the children that are being dedicated mm -hmm. to God. So, uh, and we ask for people to stand up and, and for people to, you know, enter into raising our children in, in the way they should go and to following the Lord. So it is very, very key to us, whether you're single, whether you've been married for 40 years, uh, just got married and no kids, you know, the, the reality is if you are a believer uh, and that we've been called to invest into people, and that's children too. It's, there's not an age where we just say, well, we're going to let them do their thing until they hit this, this part mm -hmm. and we're going to jump in. We're going to jump in from the day that they're born and they come here and we're going to be a part of, of bringing uh, them truth and raising them up in the way they should go. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that we've talked about over the last several weeks uh, through the sermon series is how we're responsible for our own spiritual growth. And what that means is, you know, uh, like Bill put it when uh, he was talking and he said, you know, if I need training and I feel like I, I don't have the training in this area, then I need to go get training in this. If I want um, to know how to pray for the sick, then I need to, to seek out, a, you know, a course or someone who can, you know, teach me how to, to pray for the sick or to um, lead in children's ministry or, you know, whatever area that you feel like you need training in, you know, you seek that out. That is, that is where God has, has you. You're responsible for your training. And so in the same way as a, as a parent... Um, and I use that broadly. As a parent, we're responsible for raising up our children. You know, um, you know, school just started, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of parents were out, you know, cashing in on the tax-free weekend, spending the money, you know, making sure our kids had clothes and shoes, and, and you know, all the school supplies that they needed. We're probably still trying to find those composition books that have sold out all around the county and nobody can find and all the teachers want you to have. Um, the binders that, you know, your kid has to totally have to go back to school, you know. And so we've made sure that we've taken care of all their physical needs. But have we paid attention to what they need inside? Are we paying attention to what is going on on the inside? Are we helping our children to develop a spiritual life. And, uh, and I know some of you are going, oh my gosh, I'm barely getting it myself. And now you want me to pass this down to my kids? I thought that was your job. <laughs> well, in some ways, yes. But, you know, my job is I'm here to help you with that. I'm here to partner with you on that. But that responsibility comes down to the parents, you know? Um, and so how do we do that? You know, we work together. We, we help to, to, to equip the kids, you know, because their enemy is the same enemy that we have. You know, kids are not the nicest kids in school. How many can attest to that? How many have been picked on in school? <laughs> I think that's an amen, kid style. You know, we've all been there, right? 
Yeah. So how do we, how do we equip them? I know some of Jeff's ideas were hit them back. <laughs> My kids? No, not hit the kids back. Well, there's... Kids yeah, hit the we'll kids back. <laughs> so, you know. Spare the rods. We'll <laughs> we're not going to ask you guys. Please. Yeah. We're, we're not going into that today. Hey, it, it actually goes into what last week, and I, and I was talking to a few people this morning. I think, they're, yeah, they're both sitting in here. <laughs> and, you know, it, it talks about the way that we respond. Um, and we respond differently. We respond the way God does. And, and there was a saying around here that, that really resonated with the men. Right, Mike? I don't want to say any names, but I just did. <laughs> that when someone really got on the wrong side of you, you were going to go Old Testament on them. <laughs> and so, you know, there's a lot of us that have raised our kids to go Old Testament on someone mm. if they, they face injustice. Oh. You know? And, um, you know, what we're really doing is we're trying to practice what Jesus taught. So, you know, we're moving from the Old Testament to the New Testament way of, okay. of relating. So you weren't in here last week for that. But, no, I yeah. was downstairs. And so we probably need to relook at what the Old Testament <laughs> was leading towards the New Testament to accomplish so that you will not teach your children to go Old Testament on other children because it's not a school defense, I promise you. So... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Brad will be your lawyer, not me. <laughs> he will come to your defense. So, um, you know, one of the examples in the New Testament uh, that we can see is that when the Apostle Paul was uh, writing to Timothy, who, um, who was his apprentice, he was um, raised up under Paul, and um, and he was, he was talking to Timothy in this letter, and he's telling him, you know, because of the faith that was alive in your mother and your grandmother, um, you know, he's telling him to remember this. And so, you know, as, a, as we were reading that last night, I was, just, um, I was just reflecting on how, you know, he's, he's telling him, your mother and your grandmother were examples, and they were models for you, and this has helped you along the way. Look to who your models were. And, and, and it's actually 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 3 through 5. I'd like to read that. Um, yeah. If you've got your Bible, you can take that out. This is a NIV version. Yeah. If you have your Bible, take it out and turn it on. Yeah, or yeah, turn it on. Yeah, that, that's what I did. <laughs> I've got mine here, so... Uh, it's, again, it's Paul just giving thanks uh, for Timothy, and, um, and, and he's thanking God, and he says, I thank God, whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives also in you. Thank you. So I would probably hazard a guess that there may be some of us here that if it wasn't for the prayers of our moms and our grandmothers, we may not be here in church today. Is that true for you? 
<laughs> Some may not know. Some do. Thank you, Kyra. <laughs> so there's a there's a thing you know when you go when you're flying, you know you go through the drill of all the safety things, and one of the ones is when that oxygen mask comes down. I've never been on a plane that has had that happen, but they so tell me that if it happens, that I am to take that mask and place it upon myself first, and then my child second. Now, in some parents' thinking, they would put their child first. While they're gasping for air and running out of air, they would be no good for their child. So, keeping that in mind, one of the basic rules of parenting is maintaining your own spiritual life. So how do we stay vibrant and healthy and full of oxygen so that we can give to our children and that we can be that model, that image of Jesus to those around us, even the ones, not just the ones that we know we're looking, but the ones that are watching when we don't even know they're watching. One of those things would be the importance of listening to God. And we have a story this morning out of the Old Testament. So here's something you can go Old Testament on. Yeah, this is, this is, this is good Old Testament. It's <laughs> all is... good. It's all good. So, um, so Jeff will this, read Yeah, this, this is the story of, of Samuel and uh, Eli. And Samuel's a boy. And uh, he actually is, God is speaking to him, and he doesn't recognize God's voice. So he thinks it's his dad, and he keeps going back to his dad saying, okay, what do you want, what do you want, what do you want? And so uh, because his dad had been cultivating that, that life that, that Kim is talking about, he, he really gets that God is trying to speak to my son, and he's able to impart some wisdom to him. Um, and uh, that's kind of the, the just of the story. So um, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, I think it's 1 through 10. 10, you said. Yeah, yeah 1 so. through 10. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, The boy Samuel ministered before uh, the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli whose eyes uh, were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered him, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and he laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up, and he went to Eli, and he said, here I am, you called me. Now, if you were, if you were me, and my kids kept coming to my room in the middle of the night, <laughs> so you called me, I'd be like, hey, it's the middle of the night, you better not get out of that bed again, or I'm going to, so 
but this guy is a man of God, right? So, and, he, and he's in touch, and that's the place that I'm trying to get to. So he says, uh, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and he laid down. And uh, so, um, he, again, the Lord called Samuel, and uh, Samuel got up with Eli and said, Here, I am with you. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not uh, yet been revealed to him. So a third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli, being a man of God, realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. That's powerful stuff. It sounds like words on a page. But to be able to impart wisdom to your children, that the creator of everything we know is pursuing them. And you're telling them, God, God is, is pursuing you. Just lay there and, and say, your servant is listening. Wouldn't you like to be able to give that kind of advice to your children? to our children mm -hmm. in the church. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Yeah, you get to see the roles that they play, that Eli gets to, um, you know, he's seasoned. He's, you know, he's been around. He knows, he knows, he knows the Lord's voice, and Samuel doesn't, but the words that he teaches him are powerful. He shows him that, you know, this is how you speak to the Lord. So we'll come back to that. So if listening to God is so important to growing and becoming a greater image of God, then what would be some obstacles to that? And we're going to point out two today because I'm sure there's quite a few. But let's start with working on two. You know, I think two is a good round number that, um, you know, if we work on these, it'll probably take us a while. So <laughs> if we get these down, then we can work on some more. Um, the first one would be, an obstacle would be, maybe it's not that important. Maybe it's not a priority. You know, there's so many things out there that are vying for our attention. You know, there are, um, you know, keeping up with a certain family. There are, you know all kinds of ways to keep up with everybody on social media 
I'm not saying these things are bad. I love these things, you know? But at the same time, they all have to have, they want number one priority, you know? You got to have a certain amount of tweets so that you can get up the level and get up the numbers, you know? I know how all that works, and I'm not good at that. But everything's fighting for number one, right? Everything's fighting to get top priority. And we get a choice in that. You know, we may say, oh, well, I, you know, I, I don't give that much attention, so that's not really a problem in my life. But the truth is, we give preference to stuff. We set priority in our life. And sometimes ignoring things is not putting it as the last of priority. We have to choose listening to God as a priority. So when, you, when we say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, then you're saying, Lord, I am your servant. This is the position I'm putting myself in today. Lord, I am serving you today. I am listening for where you have me. What's going on, Lord? Where are you working Is it this lady in the grocery line? What's going on with her today, Lord? Is there something, a word you have for her that would be encouraging, something she needs prayer for today? Is that where you have me? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now, the other way you would wake up in the morning would be, it's good to be king this morning. I am queen. What's on Facebook? Oh, I like that, like that, like that. Oh, I don't like that. Skip, skip, skip. You know, we choose. We prioritize. Coffee and caffeine, sometimes you got to have that before you can have Jesus. I get that. (laughs) I get that. But choosing to make listening for the Lord a priority is important. It's so important to growing. So that's number one. That's our, you know, make it not, having it not be a priority, that's a huge obstacle for us growing. Number two, and I'm sure this won't hit anybody in here, another obstacle would be busyness. Hey, Jeff, how have you been this week? Pretty busy. I've <laughs> been very busy. Hey, Dylan, how have you been this week? Pretty busy. <laughs> Tough workload, right? Who do you not hear that from? Oh, I've had nothing to do. <laughs> I'm bored. Except if you're a kid. <laughs> That's all they say. I'm bored. But right? Yeah, you know, uh, one, of the favorite, one of my favorite things I've heard, when, when a kid tells you they're bored, you know what you tell them back? That's because you're boring. <laughs> did you use that on you last week? I probably did use that on you last yes. week. I've used it more than once. I we like that. that. <laughs> we do. Thank you, Rich Nathan, by the way. Yeah. Since we got a credit. Been united here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can I give credit we where give credit where credit's, credit's due? That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so busyness is another obstacle to being able to listen to, for God's voice in our lives and to grow. Busy, busy, busy. So what's the solution? To slow down and be quiet. Has anybody ever tried that? For some, it sounds like death. <laughs> Have you ever tried to go without your phone? I'm not going to use any names, but I was with a teenager this week whose phone broke. And in trying to replace such phone, um, we received bad news that it would take two and a half days for a replacement phone to make it to the house instead of being able to go to the store and one to be handed to him. Sorry, I just used a gender. Anyways, to that child. And so it wasn't a pretty sight. The child had a meltdown. So... He literally had to walk out the store and, yes, exactly. That's what uh, Steve Jobs said, you know. And so you know, he made products that, you know, we didn't know we needed yet. So anyway, his world crashed. And I know Jeff's world crashes because, oh no, yeah, <laughs> he can't go 10 minutes. So, but you got, you got to give it a try. You got to give it a try. There's got to be something where you can slow down and be still enough, quiet enough that you can hear from God. You know, we want God to, to show up like Iron Man in the middle of our life, you know, or Thor with his big hammer, you know, and that's how we will know that he is God because he just destroyed something in front of us. But what does 1 Kings tell us, Jeff? 1 Kings <laughs> 19, I do, I do. Um, this is about Elijah, and he's, he's afraid because they're, they're out to get him. And um, so he, he's, you know, hiding for his life. And, and what God tells him, this is 1 Kings 19. Uh, let me make sure I have the right one, 19. Let's go, let's start with 11. Verse 11, this is, again, all this is out of the NIV. Um, this is what God says to Elijah. And, and Here's what I like about it, is that we are always looking, like Kim said, for God to be in these, these great big places, like something major is going to happen in my life. You know, it's going to happen, and, and we don't put ourselves in a position to, to look in the simplest things, that God can use the simplest things to, to move. In the video, you know, I mean, there are little things, but you don't know with, with something small is, is going to do um, uh, to change people's lives. And so 
what it says in 11, it says, The Lord said, this is him speaking to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. God's coming. So if you heard that, you say, man, I'm going on a mountain, and God's coming, and I'm ready. I'm ready for God to come. I'm going to watch the destruction. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it. Fire's coming down from heaven. I'm, I'm ready to roll. So, so he says, great, you know. Uh, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. Sounds like God, doesn't it? That sounds like God. What it says is, it says, but the Lord was not in the wind. I was sure it was God. So after the wind, there was an earthquake. Okay, God's shaking the earth up now. This is God. But it wasn't the earthquake. The Lord was not in the earthquake. So after the earthquake came a fire. And as you can guess, the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire came, a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face. And he went out, and he stood at the mouth of the cave. So the gentle whisper, God's voice was in the gentle whisper. wasn't in the fire. wasn't in the earthquake. wasn't in the destruction of the mountain and the shattered rocks. But I think what this points back to is, Elijah knew the voice of God. Mm-hmm. He knew God. And whereas we would jump because we look for sometimes signs or wonders, or he was obedient and he was patient and he waited to know God is doing something. Mm-hmm. Waited to hear the voice of God. He waited to hear the voice of mm-hmm. God. So as we wrestle with slowing down and being quiet. We also need to help the little ones around us. This generation of kids are the busiest kids ever. They have so many activities. They're involved in so much. They're carted from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. They have very little time with parents before bed, and then up the next morning and do it again. Parents will cut out church because the week is so busy. So we need to help our littles to slow down and to be quiet and to hear God's voice. So we got to wrestle with how we do that. And it looks different for, for each family. I know for Jeff and I, we had to, I mean, we had knocked down drag out fights about, you know, was Halen going to be in cheerleading and Nathan going to be in football? And, you know, I was the no and Jeff was the yes. yes and he would he actually went down and signed them up. Yeah, let me tell you. We talk about a humbling experience. You go down and sign your kids up to be the cheerleader in the peewee football. And you go home and talk to your wife. And you have to challenge yourself. And, and, and the, the challenge was, is we talked about being busy. 
Our lives were already busy. We were committed to what God was doing here. And um, God had provided a job for me and a wonderful job, wonderful opportunity. But it was busy. And they wanted four days a week practice with a game every Saturday. And Kim <laughs> said, can you take them to practice? I said, there's no way. I, I couldn't do it. And we were involved in, you know, small groups and ministries at the church and, you know, obviously Sunday morning. So we had a lot going on. And I had to go back up to the rec center, and I'd had, I had to ask for my money back because I had to make a decision and a choice what was more important. Now, some people would look at it and say, well, you, you just didn't give your kids what they needed. What my kids needed was to know God. And, and um, he's going to give them so much more than that experience would at that time in my life, in our life. It's mm -hmm. what we had committed to. And yeah. it's different for other families. But it was mm -hmm. what we had committed to and what God was doing mm -hmm. with us. And I had to, I had to humble myself. And, mm -hmm. and I did. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, and I don't know if this is a good time to share a little bit about, yeah. about our family. Mm -hmm. um, Go ahead. Yeah. At, most of you guys know us. You, a lot of you have known us for years, for a long, long time. But um, we've been talking about modeling, and we've been talking about the individual in the church and how important it is to, to be in the life of your children. And, whether, and when I say your children, I'm talking about the children uh, that God has entrusted us with in this church, not just personally you know, um, as a parent, but uh, as somebody that's in the church. So we did that. And what we did was, as we were young in our faith, and we had young children, our children went everywhere we went and did everything we did in the church. They went to home groups. They went to outreaches. They were at nights of worship. Uh, they were sitting along the back walls. Uh, when we were taking food out to the poor, they were... Uh, in, in our community and, and taking day-old breads and pastries and milk and wick cards and whatever we could do to just to reach out and bless our community and, and to be um, that image that God wanted. Our, our little children were with us. Uh, and I'm saying church, not just our kids, other kids. And they would follow us into a, an apartment complex and they would see children on a playground and they would go connect with those kids and the next thing you know, we've got a train of kids following <laughs> us around with a wagon full of uh, uh, food, mm -hmm. and we're knocking on doors, and we're praying for people, and these kids are out there praying with us. Mm -hmm. and, and we're exposing them. We're modeling yeah. that very thing that we're talking about, the life that God wants to impart to our kids. Um, and we saw our children engage God mm -hmm. in those, those times. And I, I know there's some stories about Halen um, mm -hmm. And I think Rachel. Yeah. You remember a, that? There's, there's a story, um, you know, it's, there's a story about uh, our daughter, Halen, when she was about six or seven years old. And uh, me and Audrey Paul here, uh, we had a little thing we would do about once a week, once every other week. We would go to McDonald's with our kids and let them play at the play place. And we were ordering and the kids had bombarded the play place and, we see our two daughters who are very social children. You know, we see them and what appears to us through the glass is they are, you know, bothering some young mom, you know. 
and we're like hurrying and trying to figure out, you know, what damage have they done that we can go repair. And um, so as we make it into the play area, we find out that um, the mom, you know, is wanting to know where our church is because the children were telling her about Jesus and about our church and inviting her to come and engage God here. And so um, because of what they were, they were, what was modeled for them and what they had experienced, you know, through um, their parents, through others here, you know, teachers, um, other adults, uh, home group leaders, children's ministry teachers, you name it, just all the people that have poured into their, into their life, you know, and they, and they're out there, they're doing the stuff, you know, they're being the church, they're seven, and they're being the church, you know, they're being Jesus in the world, you know, and so, um, you know, when, when they would play with Barbie dolls, you know, at the house, um, I would catch them playing outreach instead of shopping, you know, their Barbies didn't shop, their Barbies did outreaches, you know, (laughs) so, I mean, this is how, you know, children's lives can be impacted because you're living and you're modeling and you're, you're not afraid to ask questions and you're, you're not afraid that your mess-ups are going to disqualify you. Let me say that again. Your mess-ups are not going to disqualify you because God is looking for mess-up people. Not messed-up people. Those come too. We're messed-up people. But he's looking for people who mess up because those are the only ones that he can use because those are the only ones that are available. And that's all of us. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. That's right. So, you know... If you are waiting until you are a photoshopped Christian, you know, perfect model for you to start living your life out in front of people, you're doing it wrong. And, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, and Nate's here, so, it, you know, I, I can remember <laughs> when Nate was 10, maybe, we were in San Diego. About ten years old, mm-hmm. we were at. We went to a, a worship concert. Oh yeah. Um, um, we were visiting some friends in L.A. and we drove down. Heard these guys were going to be playing and somebody that we really liked to see. And it was in a church, a vineyard church. And so we went. And ten years old, we we go and 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 at the end, Nathan's on the front, sitting, just sitting on the front row. And 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 this wasn't a youth conference, by the way. It's this was like this group right here. It looked just like what we got right here. A little bit bigger, not a whole lot bigger. Um, so it wasn't a youth conference. So you, you think about when you go to youth conference, youth can get caught up in the emotion of other kids and these kind of things. He was just at a, a church night service where they had a, a worship um, band come in and, and just lead some worship for a couple hours. And Nate was on the front row, and I'm just going to call you out saying, I love you. But at 10 years old, he got tears in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and the Holy Spirit moved on Nate that day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he stayed there for, we, the place was emptying out, and Nate was still up front at 10, getting ministered to mm-hmm. by God. 
and, and some people came over and prayed for him. Um, in church. When does that happen in church? Now, youth conference, you see 50 million kids come up front. But you're just, you, you look at it, you say, God is doing something. And, and you say all of that to say this. Those of you guys that have been around long enough know my kids from when they were this little to where they are now. You know, I, and I'll say it, and we talked about this last night. My heart longs for them to want to, to pursue and live the life that God has for them. Mm-hmm. But they have grown to an age that they are responsible for their personal walk with God. And, and we, as parents, we look at them and we give them the same free will that God gives them. And you'll look around and you don't see my daughter sitting in the room. And I would venture to say you wouldn't see my youngest son sitting in the room if his girlfriend wasn't sitting next to him right now. <laughs> Thank you, Melody, and, and your family. Um, so God can, can use this. Um, but what we believe is... I've got my oldest that, that's a worship leader in this church that left this church when he was 17 years old. He left, didn't want anything to do with God. And we let him go. We didn't force him to get up. We didn't make him come to church because he belongs to God. God gave him to us for a while, and we imparted those things when they were young. And those truths are rooted in there. And you know what? The world comes and the enemy tries to steal and rob that. But God is faithful. And he has been faithful in my family with my children. And it may not always look like it today. And some of the actions, it doesn't look like it all the time in my life. I hate to tell you guys that. 44 years old, you know, I'm not the picture of a godly man, you know. Probably more like David. But thank God God said that David is, is after your own heart and he was a mess. <laughs> so I'm just telling you. And I look at that with my kids, and um, I think God knows them, and, and God is in there, and there'll be a day that, that he calls them, just like he did mm-hmm. with Dylan, and Dylan's back, been back mm-hmm. in the church for the last three or four years, and he's using him to do some great things. Mm-hmm. Um, so have hope that, that God mm-hmm. will use your kids, and your kids are going to grow up, and we're mm-hmm. going to give them what they need, and, and then we're going to give them over to God, because the only way they're going to make this, it has to be their faith. Mm-hmm. It, they're the individual the individual in the church it's not just the adults it's our children that we invest into so as they grow they have the tools they, they need to do the work if God has called them to do the same job that we do and that's what I love about the vineyard um, and, and just the DNA of it again we were talking about earlier is that we don't see them any different than we see ourselves they carry the same power and the same authority they can pray for healing. We heard stories in youth group two weeks ago. Um, was um, Elijah, Elijah uh, got prayed for? Poison and, ivy, uh, I believe. Was it? Was it poison ivy? It was poison ivy. It was poison mm-hmm. ivy. Mm-hmm. Completely healed. The kids all got around and prayed for him. He was completely healed the next day. Mm-hmm. Gone. And he's mm-hmm. extremely allergic to it, right? Yes. Yes. Was I'm gone. Allergic to it. Our kids are, are mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know why? Because it's been modeled in their life, in this place, by, by you people here. Mm-hmm. It's been modeled to our children. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, I know that's the heart that, that Kim mm-hmm. is really going after in children's ministry. Mm-hmm. And, and to be a part of that um, just helps me know that mm-hmm. we're doing what God wants us to do here. 
You know, it, and, and also to point out, too, that you don't have to be just a little kid. I yeah. know that, um, you know, our heart is for anybody who it, it's, it's that wanting to learn, you know. And I know that we've, um, we've grabbed grown-ups and said, come with us. You know, it's, it was kind of Jesus' thing. You know, he, he would, um, you know, say, come, follow me. And so we've, you know, kind of tried to do the same thing. It's like, hey, we're going someplace. Come with us. And so, you know, we've, we've brought Cody and Donna, you know, to several things with us. You know, we took, you know, Infinity Cross Country, you know, and um, <laughs> her parents didn't mind, you know. They didn't care. And, um, <laughs> and so, um, you know, we took Infinity to, to Conroe and, and got to experience with her, you know, uh, her and Halen were praying for your ankle or something, and she starts squealing in the back seat that her ankle was healed, her ankle was healed, and, you know, these are God experiences that, that you know, they're experiencing. So here are, some, here are six things that that um, will help, you know, secure your faith. Um, you know, being strong in, in your faith, just knowing what you believe. So ask, ask questions. You know, it's okay. Um, we love questions here. We really do. And so don't be afraid of that. Um, you know, you need to have your own spiritual experiences. We're going to have an opportunity, um, you know, for some ministry time here in a minute. Um, you know, frequently pray and read the Bible and, you know, when you do have questions, you know, seek out somebody who's going to thoughtfully answer those questions, you know, who's, who's going to take the time to, to walk you through. I know we have a Tuesday group that uh, meets, and that's exactly what they're doing, you know, not just handing out answers, but they're discovering them for themselves. And so when you discover them for yourself, they become part of who you are, and you take that and you go with that. And then, um, you know, if your faith has been challenged, if you've been made fun of for your faith, um, count that as a blessing because that is one of the ways that, um, that God, you know, can use to help secure who you are and what you believe. If you are being challenged by others who are mocking you because of your faith, and it's not just those in school, you know, it could be coworkers, it could be your own family, you know, it may be your own family, um, but God can use that. Um, and here's one that I think, um, you know, we kind of been hinting on all day about being models, but this one is having many adults in the church to turn to for help and support. How many people in here can you count on, on your hand? How many people do you think you can turn to for help and support? When you're going through a tough time, teenagers. Do you have people that you can turn to? Now, this list I just read you, the beginning of it says, 
um, six things that promote continued or sustainable faith in teens into the adult years. But how much of this applies to all of us, though? You know, the beginnings of these say a teen who has personal spiritual experiences. But it also applies to me, too. If I have my personal spiritual experiences, then I'm going to grow. And so will you. So I have this available if you're interested in that. So being a model starts with developing that inner life, that life with Jesus, that connection, that lifeline. Because, you know, as you're developing this, you know, connection between you and God, it's going to flow this way, for out, out from you, out to others. And more and more of your life is, may look something like the video, not all of it, but some of it. So this morning, as we, as we move into ministry, we do want to take some time this morning for those who would like to get prayer. If you would stand, please. Yeah, if everybody would stand, please. Yeah, everybody.